One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Germany in Focus, a podcast made possible by members of the local. Today, we're talking about a new round of strikes causing travel chaos across Germany. We'll talk about the big changes happening in February, including an update on the dual citizenship law. What habits have you embraced while living in Germany? We are going to discuss the behavior that you pick up as a foreigner here, from stockpiling herbal tea to being more direct. We'll also hear about how the local readers are becoming more German. Lastly, we'll talk about some events happening in Germany this month. I'm Rachel Oxen, and I'm here in Berlin today with journalists Imogen Goodman and Aaron Burnett. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good. Managed to make it here in the icy cold. I think winter's kind of returned, but it's fine. We're here in the warm booth, so happy in, to be here. In the middle of never-ending January. <laughs> never-ending January. Which is something that I've heard a lot about. People just feel like this January <laughs> won't end. It's so true, but guys, by the way, when this episode goes out, it will be February. Can you believe it? That That's... sounds magical at this, at this point. I mean, you know, <laughs> hello from the past to the future. <laughs> we can't wait to join you. So we've got a lot to get through today. Shall we go for it? Yes. Yep, it's a busy one for us, isn't it? It is. Well, it wouldn't be Germany without strikes. We're seeing so many at the moment. And guess what? There are more. So after the five-day train driver strike that ended slightly earlier than planned on Monday, but it was still super long, Verdi announced that it was calling a nationwide strike affecting public transport throughout Germany on Friday. There was also set to be disruption at airports on Thursday with security staff walking out. And yeah, we're recording this on the Wednesday, so we're yet to experience it all. But Aaron, can you tell us what's going on with all of this? Why are we seeing so many strikes? Well, by the time this episode is out, we will have seen a strike at airports all over Germany, as uh, you just said, Rach, um, bringing air travel to a virtual standstill for a day. Friday, and even over the weekend in some places, we're seeing a strike on local public transport everywhere except Bavaria. Now, these are warning strikes by the Verdi Union, which is different to the GDL strike we saw last week that affected long distance and regional train transport. You'll have noticed that during that strike last week, that long distance and regional trains were out, but that local buses, U-Bahns, trams, and even ferries in some cities, Berlin has a few ferry lines, were still running. This week, it's the other way around, where local transport is striking and the regional and long distance, including the S-Bahn, will still be operating because those workers are represented by different unions. But it does vary quite a bit over Germany, right? So people should keep an eye out on their city or their their town. Yeah, absolutely. So again, as I said, Bavaria seems to have um, gotten away this time. But I mean, there's no guarantee that if there is another strike that that'll be the same again. Berlin uh, has a very short strike on Friday, 4 a.m. to 10 a.m., but surrounding Brandenburg and much of the rest of the country, that's going to be an all-day thing. And even up in the northeast state of Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, we'll be seeing some places that might be striking on Saturday or even on Sunday. So there is some variation there. Can we expect more strikes? I wouldn't be surprised. Both the Verdi and the GDL unions representing transport workers are negotiating collective agreements with employers right now, and strikes are a part of demonstrating their leverage. At the center of these negotiations, salaries, shorter working weeks, 
increased vacation time. And there's still a few negotiation rounds to go. We could see some more strikes yet coming into February or even into March. Well, that isn't the greatest news, but (laughs) (laughs) we have seen so many already in January, even before then. But I did see I did see a kind of calendar that one of the local news sites had where it showed every day in January and there was almost every day a strike or like a farmer blockade. So it really is full on. Do you think people are supporting strikes, Aaron? What do we know about that? Well, this is actually an interesting one because uh, quite regularly, last year, for example, when we saw uh, quite a number of these warning strikes, even though those strikes were obviously annoying to have to deal with and lots of rescheduling and all kinds of making new plans, that sort of thing, the public support of workers who were striking um, in their demands for better wage contracts uh, really did hold firm for the most of of last year. Really, most polls I saw, around 60% of people responded saying, yeah, we we support the the workers. That has since changed. And according to a recent survey that I've seen where it's flipped basically entirely, now we see uh, almost 60% of people saying that they don't understand why workers are, are striking right now. So quite an interesting change. Thanks a lot for that, Aaron. We'll include updates on the strike stories in the show notes and check out the local website as well. Before we carry on with our chat, I'd like to ask that you hit follow, leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. This helps other people find us. So it's really helpful and we really appreciate it. And if you do want to support this podcast and our work, you can become a member of The Local. There's a link to a special offer for podcast listeners in the show notes, or you can access it directly at thelocal.de slash podcast offer. Okay, guys, so as I said, we're finally into a new month. January has finished. So what we like to do at The Local every month is round up some of the big changes and stuff going on in Germany to let our audience know what's happening. So let's take a look at February. Imogen, let's start off with our favorite topic at the moment. What's happening with the citizenship law this month that we should know about? Ooh, our favorite story. (laughs) Yes. Yes, this is a super exciting time of the dual nationality law. We waited months with no news, desperately waiting, and now all the news is coming along at once. (laughs) Uh, So we just had the vote in the Bundestag last month. Uh, And the next big milestone to look out for is on the 2nd of February. And on this date, the Bundesrat, so the upper house uh, of parliament, should be gearing up to approve the bill and pave the way for this dual nationality law to finally be signed into law. So this is really the last major step in the parliamentary process after the Bundestag. Uh, So it's a really exciting step forward for a law that I know a lot of us have been waiting for. Obviously, we are going to be following all these developments really closely as they happen. Um, But for anyone who won't be glued to parliamentary TV on Friday, maybe they have better (laughs) things to do, unlike (laughs) us, uh, we can just say this much. Uh, the vote in the Bundesrat is really just a formality. So there is no need to worry about the citizenship law falling at the last hurdle. 
So after this vote goes through, uh, we are expecting to see the law rubber stamped by Chancellor Olaf Scholz and also President Frank Walter Steinmeier. Uh, This is a process that normally takes around two weeks. And after that, the law should come into force three months after that date. So sometime in mid to late May. So very, very exciting. That is really good news. Yeah, mark your calendars. Imogen, are there any other changes that people living in Germany should keep an eye on this month? Yeah, there are quite a few big changes actually happening this month. But one really big one uh, is that the government's controversial heating bill is finally set to come into force on February 27th. So if you don't remember what this is, this was the bill that will require newly installed heating systems to be run on at least 65% renewable energy. Though I must say... The current version of the law is not what it originally was. There are quite a few exceptions. But basically, the whole idea behind this is that the government wants to encourage people to exchange their old oil and gas heating systems for more green or sustainable heating systems, things like heat pumps, uh, for example. And they're trying to incentivize people to get ahead of the game and kind of do this before they actually get forced to. Uh, So one way they're doing this is by offering subsidies, uh, which can range anywhere from 30% to 70% um, of the cost of this new heating system. So that's pretty significant amount of help from the government. One thing to note is that when the law comes in, that will also be the time that you can start applying for these subsidies. And you do actually get 20% extra from the government if you exchange your heating system quickly. So if you are a homeowner, this is something you probably want to start thinking about if you want to get hold of those subsidies. Mm -hmm. Finally... Don't forget to check your calendar and plan something extra special to do this month because we are actually getting a bonus day this February. So this year is actually a leap year. Wow. Um, Yes, I know. Every four years we get a leap year. I lose track of them all the time. So this one was a nice surprise. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my extra day. I haven't planned it yet, but it does feel nice to just get that little extra gift. Yeah, that's really nice. Actually, my friends in Scotland, they got married on the 29th of February, four years ago. So they only have an anniversary every four years. Amazing. And Does you don't... that like save money on anniversary gifts? Or... <laughs> I think it means you were married for a shorter time. I guess so, yeah. I mean, you also <laughs> wouldn't really. want to forget that anniversary, would you? This is oh, your one God, shot yeah. every four years to prove <laughs> that you remember it. Uh, but maybe it's easier to remember as well because that's a very special date. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for that update, Imogen. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
So when you move to a new country, you get influenced by your new surroundings, whether that's the people or the culture and the customs, maybe. So today, I thought we could talk about the habits that people pick up after they've moved to Germany. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to kick this off with a list from my friend Alice. So I asked her the habits she's picked up since living in Germany. She's been here about six and a half years living in Berlin. And it was such a good list that I thought I have to share it with you guys and our listeners. So audio listicle on, hab <laughs> on habits. There you go. There you go. So these are the habits she's picked up since moving to Germany. Using a toilet brush all the time and being outraged if there's no toilet brush in a public <laughs> toilet. Looking at you, UK. That's a good one. That's a good one. I know, I right? absolutely believe in toilet brushes. Like. Me too, since moving to Germany. She continues, everyone for themselves when it comes to getting on a bus or train. Eating a hot meal at lunchtime. Answering honestly when someone asks me if I want the last piece of something. Food in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Actually, I get that now. I have a lot of Irish friends who clearly want the last piece. But oh, they, yeah. they won't admit to wanting it. And then you're just like, just admit that you want it. And then, you know, you'll have yeah. to sit there and be like, please have the last piece. And, and you yeah. know, because they're convinced that you want it as well. But you are honest that you don't want it. Please have the last piece. And like, oh, are you sure I can't impose? Blah, blah, blah. And then and then so I, I tell some of my Irish friends, I was like, OK, all right. I know that in Ireland you ask three times before you accept. So can we skip the next two times? And can we just save ourselves? <laughs> be efficient with the clock and just pick the last piece and let's go. Like, that's, I mean, that's German as well. Efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, uh, well, allegedly. Yes, but alleged, not the, for everything. Not for everything. Not for public administration. But True. for this, yes. True. Um, so she also says, in general, saying what I mean more often, mm -hmm. so more directness. Right. Sighing loudly in public when something goes wrong or someone does something annoying. Going to the sauna in winter and being relatively chilled about being naked there. Getting my teeth cleaned regularly, although she adds, maybe this is just general maturity and stockpiling herbal tea. Oh, yes. Stockpi oh, yes. Yeah. I can relate. I've always stockpiled herbal tea, though. I think then I again, have as well, but now it's acceptable. So it's just you can let it all out. Then yeah. again, oh, my gosh, I always stockpile herbal tea. So that's probably where that where that one came from. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like a lot of these kind of allude to the directness mm -hmm. of Germans. What What do you think? Do you think you guys have become more direct since living here? In a way, I think so. I mean, I, I hate small talk more than I used to, but I think I always hated it, if I'm honest. Um, and I love being able to dispense with it most of the time. Weirdly, I think I've become more direct and assertive and willing to tell people off, including mm. total strangers. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, but, I, I can believe that yeah. for Aaron so much. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> can be quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that scary in real life. <laughs> there we go. In, Don't scare in, the listeners. In like, in like a stern way, though. Like, uh, not, not in a horrible way, but like, you will just make it be known. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But actually, I think that's interesting, though, because I tend to tell people off for rudeness. Mm. It's kind of like, it's like, oh, um, German assertiveness meets Canadian politeness. And I noticed that's that sweet. as Canadians, we have like a general expectation of politeness. Mm. And then 
you know, coming to Germany, that's absolutely one of the things that was a bit shocking for me. And I think Alice mentioned that in her list. Um, one big example, the bus thing. Mm-hmm. Is, it's everyone for themselves getting off and on the bus. And of course, you're supposed to wait for everyone to exit. And I, I just get really annoyed when people don't wait for like, you know, people who clearly they might have crutches or mm-hmm. they might be a bit older or they might need a bit of extra time to get off first. And I will let it be known. I'll be like, look, stand back. (laughs) This is ridiculous. And they'll kind of look at you weird, like, oh, somebody is actually going to call us out on this. Yeah. So I find it interesting. It's, it's, they don't expect being called out for certain things either. Forceful politeness. Yeah. Forceful politeness (laughs) is a big one. It's me combining the German Canadian. That that is so German Canadian for forceful politeness. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I like this term now. I'm going to borrow it. Thanks, Imogen. I mean, I honestly, I do think on my end, I have also become more assertive. I think that is generally a positive thing. Like uh, like, in Aaron, like Aaron says, you know, you're either standing up for other people or you are standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So when I first came here as this kind of timid English woman, being way too polite all the time, being maybe sort of looking a bit grumpy and fixing someone with a slightly like hurt stare if they sort of pushed in front of me in a queue or something, but never having the courage to actually say anything. So I think over time, I just realized you cannot go about your day in Berlin that way. Sometimes you do have to stand up for yourself. You do have to be assertive. You have Um, to be tough. You have to be tough. Um, And I would say I'm not quite at the level. If it's on a scale, I'm not at the point of like yelling out of my window if someone is not like ripping up their cardboard (laughs) correctly. (laughs) I'm not quite there, but I'm a bit further back on the scale where I'll do a kind of slightly timid forward me if someone gets in front of me on the cycle path. And I think, you know, from where I started, that's progress. That's progress to be able to like use my voice in that way to tell someone to get out of my way. Absolutely. Good for you. I don't do that enough. I'm still a little bit too timid. But one German habit that I think I, I'm obsessed with, I do it all the time, is Luften. So airing out oh. airing out rooms. I think we have talked you, about this you before. You speak about yeah. Luften I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I think it's my personality. You have become German. Aren't you Rachel, Rachel Luften? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Luften. <laughs> yeah. But like... It, middle I, of winter. Like. I tell everyone, yeah, in the middle of winter. And guys, I even, I even got myself a dehumidifier to intensify oh. the experience of airing out... That's amazing. That's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that is starting to get that's to be peak German level. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing, which I know a lot of us do now, which we've talked about, is looking t- into each other's eyes when prosting or oh, cheersing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't do that the same way. I mean, I do, but I don't do it as quite as intensely as other mm. people seem to do it. I was so I was over at a friend's house for dinner this week, and you know he's British and 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 she's a German, and and they've been together for a while, and he's been here for a while, and we were cheersing around the table, mm-hmm. and I noticed the 
sort of the intense stare of cheersing. And I'm like, you've gone native. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. And I, it's kind of become, it becomes an obsession. Like one of those superstitions you don't really quite believe in, but you do it anyway, like sort of knocking on wood yeah. that just is is like ingrained in your psyche that you're kind of desperately like, who's next? Who wants who wants a piece of my <laughs> cheersing stare next? But I do like the intensity of that. Everyone's uh, <laughs> everyone's terrified of the uh, of the consequences. Yeah, <laughs> which which it. are <laughs> seven years of bad sex, right? So yeah, I've heard. They are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm also obsessed with the intense staring. I I don't really care about the consequences, <laughs> <laughs> but I just so or is it that you are trying to avoid the consequences? <laughs> <laughs> because we all know what that is. <laughs> It'll yeah, go but, for seven okay, years. Perhaps so. I think I think I, what I meant to say was that I, I am just so obsessed with the, the moment of staring into someone's eyes, everyone's eyes. And yeah. it, it's, it is something I think, as you were describing Imogen, I think that those of us who aren't German, we've just ta- we've taken it on yeah. so literally, <laughs> we're, you know, we're just like... Yeah. banging the glasses no blinking at all no exactly. averting of the eyes you remain so focused <laughs> it's like they're staring straight into your soul yes and uh-huh. I do that to my friends back home when I go home I'm like look into my eyes and, they, and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> that is a re- I would say that is the time when you notice these habits yes. you know when you're here when you've kind of um, not to use too much of an RFD word when you were kind of assimilated in some way into the mm. culture culture um it becomes the new normal but it's only when you go back that you think that's a bit weird isn't it I find this with you know carrying cash um I tried to pay with cash as a bird sanctuary in the UK at one point and they were like no <laughs> card only <laughs> so I've definitely somehow got into mm-hmm. that habit I'm I'm not too much of a technophobe but it's just something you get yes. used to I think yes. I, that's probably actually, interestingly enough, one of the German habits that annoys me more now than it ever did, mm-hmm. the, the tendency to need cash. I mean, when I first got here, I was like, oh, okay, all right. And I didn't think that much of it. And I always made sure to have a certain amount of cash. And I have to say, it's getting really annoying now. Like every time I go to a place where it's like cash only, and I'm like, okay, all right, what year are we in? And whose money are you laundering? I mean, these are the two questions that I always have whenever that happens. So. Your directness comes out maybe slightly. <laughs> Your polite yeah, this, directness. Yeah. But then I end up tweeting about it. And whenever I tweet about cash, <laughs> it tends yeah. to be, it tends to go viral. So obviously that is a point that I think we, a lot of, resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Everyone relates. And another, I asked another friend, by the way, and they said one habit they've picked up is walking with a beer and drinking with a beer. Ah, yes. So that's a, a vague yeah. beer, actually. Vague beer. Or the Fusspilz, which <laughs> oh. is the more gross version <laughs> of that. Uh-huh. Um, kind of means a fungal toenail infection, but it's a nice pun. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Sorry, yeah. for, sorry for bringing that up. Uh, I had a friend of mine who said, the natural state of a German, Aaron, is to be outdoors drinking alcohol. In summer, it's the beer garden. And in winter, it's Glühwein at a Christmas market. And I'm like, this is so true. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, that is absolutely true. Yeah. And, and we also, can get behind that. Yeah, for sure. And also for me, I wait at the Red Man all the time. Oh, um, yeah, I don't do that. 
I do that and it's, it annoys me, but I can't help it. Yeah. I'm just glued to the pavement. I know exactly what you mean with that. It does, it has become very ingrained that I have to be told by the little man <laughs> when the I go and when I, uh, <laughs> when I stay. And I also think on the, on the point of kind of being out and about in all weathers, uh, this is quite a German thing that I've got of kind of slightly looking down my nose at, at the uh, so-called fair weather cyclists. Um, and I don't, own one of these but I have been known occasionally to cycle in a rain poncho a friend of mine lent me one and then I thought this was this is peak German Um, you've got natives I have I know I I mean I I just thought wow this is really commitment to the cause of cycling no matter what the weather is I draw the line at sort of a thunderstorm but anything other than that yeah yeah it's not good electrocuted but the rain is okay yeah, you're really good at that, Imogen. We need to take more of your tip to cycling. At least I do. And the other thing was, which I think we kind of mentioned, recycling is oh, yeah. such yeah. a big deal here. I Definitely. feel like a lot of people get better at recycling after living here. Definitely. It's because you get a fund deposit back, to be fair. Yes, the leaving bottles on the street, that's definitely a habit. I actually did a flat a swap with a lovely couple in Paris and I stupidly forgot to explain the whole intricate system of recycling to them. So it's entirely my fault. And in France, of course, it's completely different and I think a little bit more laissez-faire, a little bit more relaxed. So I came back and I was like, what What have they done? Why is this, why have they put the cartons in with the with the with the cardboard and, the, and I was just sort of having a meltdown there and I just thought Imogen what has happened to you um, so it really um, yeah becomes hardwired knowing where everything goes and you assume that it's selbstverständlich that everyone else is just going to know how it works this is an experience I had to teach my recent you know my my boyfriend who recently moved here of course how how the whole everything around recycling so that was a fun thing. And then I remember. Did it take three days? Yeah, it took it took some time. And then I remember also basically going into the filing cabinet in my office and just you know showing him where his file folder was. And he was like, "Why do I need this?" And I was like, "Just don't ask questions. This is yours. Put all your important documents in this folder. (laughs) You will figure it out soon enough. Why?" That's really good. You gave him a crash course in how to be German. Yeah, there you go. Excellent, guys. So we at The Local, we also put a survey out recently asking readers if they've made themselves more kind of German to fit in and and what kind of habits they've picked up. Imogen, what kind of responses have we got to the survey so far? Yeah, we got a really uh, huge range of responses, actually. Really varied ideas for the ways in which you could sort of make yourself German. But some themes, I have to say, did crop up several times. One sort of point that people made, which I think we've uh, missed here, uh, was that People said they generally become more organized and good at making appointments for everything they needed to do, that file folder uh, that kind of comes into play. Um, And also that they kind of enjoyed the German separation of work and private life. So their work-life balance that the Germans seem to be so good at. Mm -hmm. One reader did actually say um, that sadly they've become a little less spontaneous um, in their (laughs) life. Uh, They now um, only visit people uh, or friends 
Ones by Prior Arrangement, which I thought was a great response because I just thought, wow, I, I love the idea of the look on a German's face if you sort of turn up at their door unannounced and then this like clash of cultures there where they're wondering why you didn't phone three days in advance to make your appointment to see them. Yeah, by prior arrangement. By prior arrangement, exactly. Um, a few people also said they had embraced the German way of life by joining as many clubs and associations, so Vereine, as they could. One reader, who I honestly think should win some sort of prize for successful integration, said he had been a member of at least five local clubs and even been the chairman of two of them. So not just joining the clubs, actually taking part of the administration. That's really high level Germaning right there. Special integration. Absolutely. That's yeah. that's definitely he'll be um, on track for the fast track citizenship, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So another thing we heard a lot was that people had adapted their fashion sense to the German practical mentality. <laughs> so they said they were dressing in more muted and neutral colours. I think boring was a word that might have come up a few times. Uh, someone said that they'd got rid of their funky, brightly coloured Kinderwagen and swapped it for a more um, a more boring and less offensive one, apparently. That sounds Which awful. is quite sad, <laughs> getting rid of all their, any funky sort of outfits that mm. they had. You won't need those here. More Birkenstocks, perhaps. More Birkenstocks with the, with the socks, obviously. Some, nah, some I still got brown my or beige socks. <laughs> <laughs> um, one reader actually said that they'd got a special uh, Bavarian wannabe outfit. Uh, that's what they called it. Um, in their wardrobe, which consisted of Bavarian shirts and a cashmere jumper. And of course, there were also kind of the little habits, uh, which we've kind of mentioned a few of, like uh, knocking on a pub table uh, to acknowledge people you know when you're entering or leaving, not crossing in the red light, of course, generally not greeting people when they're kind of walking the opposite way, uh, which is definitely a cultural difference between the UK and, and Germany, and even writing your numbers differently, which is a very subtle one, but I, I've, I've gone hard halfway on that actually I do yeah. cross my sevens but I don't write the ones like seven that's that's just ridiculous <laughs> yeah. that's so true actually that's like one thing I picked up quite soon after moving here and it was so confusing to me for a while until I worked out how mm. they did it and then I was like wow, nobody talks about that. No, I was actually, when I took on a teaching job, it's one of the first thing they said. They said, you know, if you are writing down your numbers, Germans will get so confused if you do it like this yes. and this is how you have to do it so actually I got a heads up on that quite early which saved me a lot of trouble probably at the freelance amped <laughs> <laughs> yeah I definitely ca- caught on to that quite early simply because I loved it yeah <laughs> everyone always complains about not being able to understand my penmanship and things got a little better after I started <laughs> writing my numbers a certain way so there we go Love it. I feel like we can we can all agree that a lot of the German habits we picked up have improved our life somewhat. I yeah, I would say have. generally. I yeah. think they have. At least here. Yeah, at least <laughs> while we're here. We might get some weird looks if we went somewhere else, but while we're yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, and one more. Using 24-hour clocks. Oh, yes. Uh, I yeah. still don't do that. I default to it. I love it. It's it's fantastic. And actually, weirdly, and here's an example of of... I started doing it whenever I visited home in Canada. And one particular family member, my sister, 
caught on and she still does it like even in Canada like she says yeah no it's so much better so you're an influencer <laughs> there you go but she's never lived here but oh I love the 24-hour clock absolutely love it love it um yeah and if you're if you're listening at home and you want to share some of the habits you've picked up please leave us a comment or get in touch with us we'd love to hear them To round things off today, let's talk about a few events that are happening across Germany. I'll start off. I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl because as regular listeners will know, I am an NFL fan now since I went to a game in Frankfurt. All it took was one game. (laughs) One game and I'm a super fan. There, not really. There are plenty of places around Germany showing the Super Bowl because there are a lot of NFL fans here. So the game actually starts early on Monday, February the 12th at 12.30 a.m. That's German time. And if you want to see the halftime show, you have to stay up till 2 a.m. So it's a late night if you're going to watch it here. You can watch it at home if you have certain TV subscriptions, including, I think, for RTL+. Plus In Berlin, there's an NFL Deutschland Super Bowl watch party, which is being hosted at Huxley's Neue Welt. In Munich, there's a local football club that is showing it there for free. And in Frankfurt, there is an event at the Chicago Meatpackers Bar and Grill, which I went to actually when I was in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. And there will, there will be a few other showings. So inquire around wherever you live if you want to if you want to socialize for it and see it. And we'll include a link to our story on this. You know, I have to say that the first year I was in Germany, I went to a Super Bowl watch party. It was a lot of fun, actually. I didn't realize how many people actually really got into it. Now, part of the fun may have also been the halftime show that year, which was Madonna. So, Oh, yeah. You you talked about this, your favorite. Yeah, the most iconic Super Bowl halftime show ever. But, I mean, definitely an experience that was really fun. There you go. Aaron has recommended it. Imogen, what is your pick for an event? So, I do feel a little bad um, in this mention of February events not picking Carnival. Uh, Obviously, that's a huge one. (laughs) We've got Rose and Montag this month. But I am a true Berliner and I'm a proud Berliner so for me the event of the month has to be Berlinale um, yes. yes yes absolutely this year looks set to be a really exciting festival um, there are 120 films being showcased around the city and legendary director Martin Scorsese is set to be given a golden bear for lifetime achievements in cinema so we're going to have some really famous faces wandering around Berlin this month the festival will uh, kick off with a world premiere of a new drama starring Cillian Murphy called Small Things Like Us. But if you do want to check out the full programme, that will be published on the Berlin Ali website on February 6th. And the festival itself runs from the 15th to the 25th. So be sure to get yourself down to Berlin for that. That sounds really great. And on the topic of films, actually, I would also add a recommendation to see the film Priscilla, which is showing in cinemas at the moment because it shows when Elvis was stationed in Germany. So it's got that nice Mm. little link. And I watched it in a Berlin cinema and the Germans were kind of like chuckling at some of the, (laughs) you know, the the nods to Germany in it. So I would recommend that. No, Berlin Alla is absolutely fantastic. I, I, I love it every year. And there's so many different 
films you can see from around the world. It's just uh, an absolutely magical time in this town, I have to say. But if I can't pick that one, because Imogen's already picked it, actually there was an event that caught my eye, and that is the Leipzig Eistraum, or the Ice Stream. Um, it's absolutely making me nostalgic. It is a huge ice skating bonanza with a lot of different rinks set up in the city center of Leipzig, along with a 36-meter winter slide, apparently. There's a Ferris wheel. There's special events for children. Now, I learned to skate around the time that I learned how to walk. But here in Germany, there's usually just not the big expanses of ice that you can mm -hmm. that you can skate on um, that I'm you know used to from my childhood, sort of the endless kilometers of, of frozen lakes to skate on. But there seems to be a decent amount of ice in the Leipzig old town for this event with all of these different rinks that they have set up. So it really looks just lovely. Uh, and it runs through all of February straight through to March 3rd. So check that out if you're around there. We will. I love that. Definitely. That sounds great. Sounds like a lot of fun. I did learn to skate when I was younger as well, but I'm not sure if it's something. Is it like riding a bike? Do you remember how to do it? Why don't it you try? Right? I'll give it a try. It's now or never. Yeah, try, try it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you so much to all our listeners. As always, we will add the links in the show notes for the stories we've been talking about today. This week's panelists have been Imogen Goodman and Aaron Burnett, and our sound engineer is Reese Edwards. I'm Rachel Logson. We hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll be back again next week. Until then, take care. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.